Well, good morning. And again, welcome to Genesis. We have uh, entered the season of Lent. And some of you may have had like Lenten practices and of those kinds of things. So Lent is the 40-day period, right, leading up to Easter. So any of you guys who've been kind of confused, if you're like, wait a minute, I've counted, and it seems like there's like 46 or 47 days, that's because Sundays don't count in the 40 days. And typically, Lent kind of brings a sense of abstinence, right? Like, um, I think that some would like give up sweets or things like that, or some give up some sort of, um, right? There's some sort of fasting that goes with it. So with that in mind, what's the, and, and some people get creative with the things that they would give up. And in this season, it's this sense of like, um, in the abstinence, it's not like you're earning that, but it's a way of almost like recognizing our own weakness, recognizing our own frailty, recognizing um, our brokenness, recognizing the 40 days of fasting that Jesus entered into. So with that in mind for the connection, um, what's the most interesting thing you've heard people give up on? Oh, how about you? Anybody practicing Lent where you're where you're engaging in some form of, of, of abstinence. And again, don't, don't feel like you've got to mention this if you uh, feel weird about that, right? Or feel like you're bragging about yourself again. We think these practices can be done in love and humility are beautiful, right? So what, what about you? What's the most interesting that you've heard? Anybody practicing this now, the connection? So with that, if you want to share the most interesting uh, Lenten Thing that you know of, right, of fasting from, some will give up TV, some will give up caffeine, chocolate, anybody. Uh, what have you seen? What have you done? Was it meaningful? Anybody have, um, anybody want to share as we connect today? Anybody go in the opposite direction? Dan and them are doing the evening prayers, playing together in the morning. Uh, we pray together in the morning and they're doing evening. We watched The Chosen about Jesus and started a 40-day um, devotion about it. Oh, Amanda, that is awesome. I got rid of 40 bags of stuff from my house one year. That is... Um... <laughs> Meredith said that one year I gave up starting sentences with the word technically. <laughs> oh, Tony, I try to give up swearing, but I don't usually make it. <laughs> My friend, the Jim, did that too. He said his daughter asked him for Lent to give up swearing, right? And, and he, he tried, right? <laughs> Amanda saying, Richie intentionally reads more from the Bible, from the word that, Richie, that, that is that. Uh, so one, from one of McLaughlin's, I don't know if that's live or bark. When I sat on the fourth floor of my office one year, I gave up taking the elevator to my desk and taking the stairs instead. Oh, that is awesome. Those are, those are good things. For me, one of the things, and again, it started on Wednesday. Um, for those, and for those of you who really are angry about this year, Shane, changing my clothes. I don't, so you're giving, Shane, you're wearing the same clothes every day? 
we might need to, yes, oh my word. <laughs> we're hoping that maybe it gets washed. I gave up sweets one year, it was rough. Wow, there's some good stuff in here, Sharon. I'm fasting once a week and meditating the Bible characters to intimacy with God. We're aligning with God's purpose because this is what I long for. And this week it's Adam and Eve. That is awesome. So for everybody, I, we just I, we need a spotlight, Shane. Um, right, only because we need to test this. Not Shane isn't the one, right? So we need to test Shane and just see. Will he be wearing these clothes next Sunday? Shane, is this an accurate um, story here? You're, you're, you're wearing the same things for the next 40 days? Well, I may have just volunteered myself to do it again, but I have done this before. <laughs> so it was in preparation for a, a long uh, backpacking trip, and I decided I just wanted to get used to the same clothes and the same routine. And I did wear the same underwear for three months in preparation for a three month trip. And uh, it can be done. Um, you kind of look like Charlie Brown, but you're really recognizable. It's, it works out. That is awesome. So we won't, we won't hold you to wearing the same clothes and underwear for the next 40 days. Uh, um, but uh, we, I, I love the story. That is awesome. Thank you for sharing it. And I, I saw one from Dan Kiriano. Dan, uh, Rachel, nice to have you guys from California call. And he's been eating ice cream every day, opposite direction. Yes, that, that is good. So maybe, uh, now again, when it comes to these things, Sunday is a feast day, right? And so when it comes to those things, right, it's the chance to, to celebrate God's goodness on these days. So, uh, and um, thank you guys for sharing. I, I didn't choose anything on Wednesday, right, as that, that but even I've been kind of thinking, I always kind of jump in a few days late. And I think for me, it's kind of like, I'm going to do my, I'm going to try to like, no digital media after my son goes to bed, right? Unless um, I'm doing it, with, unless Carmel invites me in to watch something with her, right? So on my own, right, kind of being like, oh. Um, and I think that'd actually be a gift for me, <laughs> right? Right, because usually it just isn't helpful. So, hey, great to have you all here. Let me just, again, just sort of give thanks for being together and pray. Uh, thank you for, and, and as we're doing that, if you have prayer requests, you have needs, you have things you're trying to be persistent with, throw them in the chat. We would love to be praying with you and for you, for your families, for the people you love, for the needs that are going on in our world. We want to thank you for your generosity and continuing to give and to give and to give to those needs, whether it's the Warming Center, um, giving here to the ministry of Genesis and what we're trying to do. So thank you. And so let's pray. God, thank you for your generosity and your goodness. And God, on this call are people who um, have experienced your goodness and generosity and blessing and closeness, but also, Lord, there are needs. And we come to you, God, asking for your kingdom to come. And where there's financial needs, Lord, where there's needs for jobs and needs for breakthrough and needs for healing and needs for reconciliation, we say, Lord, have mercy. God, where there's need for neighbors who are in need of healing and of your help and your hope and your life, meet them, Lord. For in our families where there's just brokenness, God, have mercy and, and come to their aid. 
for our country, our state, for those who are suffering from Texas and all over this country, Lord. Have mercy. And for the world, where there's people, God, experiencing great injustice, poverty, pain, isolation, brokenness, despair. Lord Jesus, have mercy and let your kingdom come, we pray. Amen. It looks like Amanda just threw in the chat the sign-up genius for um, the Warming Center. So for those of you who are knowing that we're doing the bonus week, as Robert was, as Bob was talking about, it, it's in there. So again, it's great to have you all with us today as we start into Lent. We're talking about the sort of the, um, the gift of hope, right? And the season of Lent is really about um, just this idea of great hope, right? But but also of great truthfulness. It's, it's a time when we do are able to reflect on our weaknesses, um, our frailty, or maybe even our desperation. But in it is great hope because there's um, a God who breaks into it. And so doing this, as we kind of look at the gift of hope, we want to look at these stories of Jesus, um, these, these, uh, from the life of Jesus, the ones that give us great hope. Right? They come, they come up there about Jesus, and they're about... Uh, the way Jesus is in the world. And so today, we want to do that. And today I wanted to look at just uh, a story from the life of Jesus, and it was a parable, something that Jesus taught. It's like really recognizable, it's totally understandable, um, and it's from Luke 18. And it's Luke 18, verses 9 to 14. And so I want to pop that up on the screen for, so that you guys can read along with this story. Um, but it's a, it's a beautiful parable from, from Jesus. Luke 18. I think we have a slide for it. We may not. If we don't, and if you've got a Bible and you want to pull it open, that would uh, feel free to kind of grab that and, and open it up. And we'll read it. This is Luke 18, verses 9 to 14. Oh, there it is. Awesome. Then Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Two men went to the temple to pray. One was a Pharisee and the other was a despised tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed this prayer. I thank you, God, that I'm not like the other people, cheaters, sinners, adulterers. I'm certainly not like that tax collector, I fast twice a week. I give you a tenth of my income. But the tax collector stood at a distance and dared not even lift his eyes to heaven as he prayed. Instead, he beat his chest in sorrow, saying, Oh God, be merciful to me, for I am a sinner. I tell you, this is Jesus saying again, I tell you, this sinner not the Pharisee, returned home justified before God. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. A super pointed text, right? A story, a parable, is the way uh, they're described in the scriptures from Jesus. And what, uh, I, I've got a few questions, right? And so I wanted to put these questions in, in front of you um, as we just reflect upon this scripture today. 
you can take a note of these, you can write these down um, as, we, as we engage the life of Jesus, the stories of Jesus, even the scriptures. These are beautiful questions to ask. These come from um, a method of reading when we read the Bible, right? This, uh, the, the scriptures are called the inspirited, the inspired text of God, right? These are questions that are used to, to help us. It's from the discovery Bible study method, right? That it's helping us to discover God. So when we read the scriptures, there is a, uh, we believe there's this sense of God speaking to us. Hold on, my, my son is, I don't know if you can hear him screaming. Hey bud, you okay? What's wrong? Go find mom. <laughs> Take a breath. Okay. These are the five questions, right? And even this reading this, we're asking questions of, what did you like? What did you like about the text? What did you find challenging? Just allowing us to engage it. And then question three is, why does it teach us about God? And this is where we begin to discover. Right? So part of it, we're discovering even our own things, our own ideas, our own nuances, the first two questions, right? But what does it teach us about God? The Bible is one that is about what God has revealed to us. Um, but, but there's a spirit of God who's, who's leading us in truth. And so there's this of God who's wanting to teach us about God himself. So what does this teach us about God? And the fourth question, what does it teach us about people? And so sometimes it teaches us about the calling of people and our vocation. And other times it teaches us about our own human nature and our own brokenness and of those. The fifth question, the question of obedience. Now that one's a little different. That, that's a question for people who claim to be disciples of Jesus. If you're not, if you're reading it and you're still just trying to discover who Jesus is, there's no demand to obey Jesus. But for those who are disciples, those who are orienting their life around Jesus, those who are, um, right, those who say Jesus is Lord, those who say, oh, my, Jesus, you're my, you're my way, right? You're my life, you're my truth. If that is the case, then the, the question is always, how do we hear from God and act on it? As Jesus himself said, why do you call me Lord and not do what I say? And so as we're reading that, especially in the teaching of Jesus, how do we obey? And those are the questions that we're looking to, to, to answer. These are great questions to be using as you read the scriptures with others. There are ways to invite others with you. If you want to read the scriptures with anyone, just to discover for who God is. It's a way to even read the scriptures with somebody who isn't a believer in Jesus and just to, for themselves to discover who that is. And so I would love for you to kind of like hold those questions in mind as you look at this text, this, this story that Jesus gives us. Hold that. What is that? And at any time you want to throw in your observations to any of those questions into the chat, I would love to see them. What did you like about the text? What did you find challenging? All right, feel free to throw those into the chat. What does it teach you about God? What does it teach you about people? Feel free to throw those into the chat at any time during this as we sit here together. This story, and you, what I love about any time that Jesus does so, especially when Jesus tells us why he tells the story. And this is a story of great hope. And so Jesus tells us the story about, because um, it's a story about two prayers, two different people praying to God. 
And Jesus tells the story. He, he says, Jesus told this story to some who had great confidence in their own righteousness and scorned everyone else. Meaning they, were, they, they had great confidence in what their life was about and they looked down on everyone else. And so I love all the stories when Jesus tells us why he tells the story. And then at the end, what the great truth is. Uh, that, that is coming out of it, right? What's the great principle or um, what is the great idea of why? And so at the end of this, there's a beautiful why at the end of the story that Jesus tells us as well. I love stories like that. I find the story really challenging because, um, maybe it's challenging because at times I find myself as both these people, <laughs> right? That's the challenge of this story. At times I feel like the tax collector in my prayers, and at times I feel like this Pharisee, right, where all of a sudden I'm looking down upon others. But this is a story about two types of prayers, right? They're praying. And in it, in these two types of prayers, there's two kinds of hearts, right? One that is humble and one that's proud. And so, are you, are you, uh, do you guys hear this? Am I screaming in my background too? <laughs> my boy is melting. Lord have mercy. Let me pause here for a moment. Care for my melting son. Um, and feel free to use the chat in here to just to kind of pause. Maybe even read that text again as I care for him and answer the question, what do you, what do you like? Uh, what, what do you like and what do you find challenging? And so I'm going to pause, step to there. You guys answer that, read that, and then I'll step back in probably, hopefully, 60 seconds. One minute. Oh, thank you, whoever muted me. <laughs> hey, beautiful. Ah, thank you for the chat. Thank you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it was, a, it was a great crisis. He was cold. We got salt. Lord Jesus, have mercy. A boy who knows what he needs. Oh. Right here, right? These, these two prayers that come out, right? So here's this tax collector or the Pharisee, right? That first prayer. And this one's really interesting, right? Especially as we get into that and we look at this parable that Jesus tells about the Pharisee, um, a highly respected person. But in, in this story, he, he stood by himself is what this says. And he, in almost in essence, it's removing himself from others, right? He stood by himself, right? There's nobody else that, would, that was with him, that was in it. 
And then he opens up this big prayer. It's like, oh God, I thank you. And really he kind of thinks God for himself, I think, right? That he is the praise of his prayer. It's, uh, if, if you read through the Psalms and you, and you read, there's these, there's these Psalms of great praise. I praise you, God. And it almost senses like that's where he's gonna go. But the praise is just that he, he thinks it's just distortion. His prayer is in effect, I thank you, God, that I'm so great, <laughs> right? Uh, and, and you kind of wonder if Jesus' ears would have even been like, oh my gosh. But the subject of this person's prayer was in essence himself, right? I thank you, God, that I'm not like these other people, right? It was a prayer of um, distortion. It was a prayer of comparison. So he approached God with his eyes on someone else. God, thank you that I'm not like these other people. It's so easy to do. Yep, here I'm in the middle. You, you, yep, I'll, I'll get this when we're done. I'll get you a cinnamon roll. I'll help you. Okay, thank you. All right, that is the distortion. That was his heart, right, in comparison. The next, the tax collector, right? This prayer is different. God have mercy on me, a sinner. No self-congratulation. There's no summary of his good deeds. There's no sense that God should feel honored or obligated. But there is one recognition, the need for God's mercy. Now that's the recognition. Interesting, the other person's prayer was only about the need said, like, God, thank you, I'm not like them, and they all have great need. He just asked me if he could get himself a cinnamon roll. And I said yes. So uh, it's gonna get crazy here at my house because more than likely there'll be no more cinnamon rolls left in this pack and that boy will probably throw up. But God have mercy. <laughs> There's the two. The tax collector saw the one recognition is need of God's mercy, right? And the other almost didn't have any needs. You know, this week I, um, I was given this idea from a friend of mine to create this like prayer calendar um, and to put people on it for aligning with the day. And then I, I sent a text out um, to certain people, right? As they hit a number. And so I got my neighbors on it and you know, one of my neighbors was on the 17th, another was the 18th, and so on. All those dates, I will text them because I will pray for them on the 17th and the 18th and that kind of stuff, right? And, and really, the practice is not because I'm so awesome or anything. It's because I, I want to love my neighbors, right? And usually, I'm not mindful of them in any way, right? I'm not thinking about them, right? So it's a practice um, for me to actually love them. That's why I'm doing it. And so, but what I found really interesting, and some of the people on there I know have self-identified. I got some people in there who have self-identified as Christians and other ones who I know are not. And I, you know what I found so interesting? Is that uh, the people, I've kind of found the people I know who self-identify as Christian, when I ask them, hey, how can I be praying for you? I'm praying for you today. You know what they say? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think of it. I can't think of anything. 
and, and how interesting, all the people who, who don't self-identify as Christian, when I say, I'm praying for you, what can I be praying for you and your family? They've all given me stuff to pray for. Now, again, my little experiment is, uh, you know, I'm in like eight days. Okay, so yeah, don't, that, but, but I do find it so interesting, right? That, that how easy is that film was to be like, I don't, I don't have any needs, right? And, and could that be that are just being short-sighted to know what we need? So I don't know, it caught me, it caught me in an awareness of those who say when I have kind of sent that out to them, they say, no, I don't, I don't have any needs. Yeah, I, I can kind of get that if you're self-sufficient, right? Or maybe not any money needs or any food needs or that, but my, oh my, right? I tell you what, who is on this call who doesn't have a need, right? Or knows somebody with a need. But in this one, the humble man, the right, the one knew um, there was one recognition, the need of God's mercy. The way that Jesus kind of responds to this, right? He closes this, this story, right? And he says, that uh, whose prayer was heard, but it was the tax collector's prayer. He goes home justified. And then Jesus explains why, right? This is what's cool. He's like, okay, here's, here's why. There, there's another story earlier in the Bible where two people approached God with an offering, right? Two brothers, it was Cain and Abel, and their offerings went before God, and one was received and one wasn't. And in essence, it doesn't really describe about why, but in this story, Jesus says, yeah, one of these person's prayers was received and the others wasn't. One was justified right before God and the other wasn't. And Jesus tells us why. And he says to those who exalt themselves will be humbled. While the humble will be exalted, the humble will be lifted up, will be raised. But those who try to lift themselves, raise themselves, right, will be humbled. And so we see how this person, how the Pharisee tried to raise himself. And the only way a human can raise themselves, right, is by pointing at another and lowering them. Right? By, by showing who's inferior to them. How do you raise yourself, but yet to show yourself as superior is by showing the inferiority of someone else. Whether inferior, inferiority of their thinking, or their makeup, or their ideas, or their social systems. They was exalted. Tried to exalt themselves by showing the inferiority of another. that's what pride does. We're going to elevate ourselves over another. And yet Jesus says, why the tax collector was heard? Because those who, the humble, right, will be lifted up. The rabbis would always say that, that um, there's this beautiful idea of, um, of God or the Spirit, right? Well, they say the Torah, the Scriptures, it's like water. It flows to the low places. That's when it goes to the low places. 
And that's what Jesus did, right? He, he poured himself out and like water, it goes to low spots, right? And so he met with the low, he humbled himself. He poured himself out for others. And so Jesus said, oh, if you want to follow after me, serve one another, pour yourself out for others. This is what it is to be humble, right? Love others. But this person in this story, their humility was just recognizing their great need. And their great need was that they were broken. Right? That they were a sinner. That they were in desperate need of God's uh, mercy. There's a beautiful story today. Um, I don't know. Do you guys follow? I mean, you probably don't, right? Many of us don't actually uh, follow the the calendar of saints. I know that I don't, right? But I thought it was just so interesting. There's, there's different times on the calendar within, within the Catholic Church where there's days for the saints, right? And today, the saint of today was, was really, really interesting. Um, it, I, gosh, I don't even know how to say the person's name, right? It's from the 12th century, right? But it's um, Claudio di Portesili, right? That, that's the saint of today. Um, I follow uh, somebody, her name's Kate Bowler, and she, um, on, through Lent, she'll post the saint, uh, she shares like these saints, and there's a guy who put out a book where you can like make a drink for the saint, <laughs> you have a toast. Hey, look it up, if you're interested in some sort of practice with the saints, that's kind of cool, right? But here's the story um, of this saint, and I think it's beautiful for what we're reading today, and it applies so perfectly, right? And so uh, this person was... Um, was in France, right? And, and at that time, when um, during wars and things like that, many people were enslaved in other countries, right? And if you were poor, you were, you were enslaved until someone could pay, who could buy you back. The rich were no problem, right? They had, they had families, they had position, and they had power. And they were able to, they were able to buy their, their freedom. And, and a ton of people were enslaved. This was just how the cultures worked, right? They would enslave people as laborers and things like that and demand a ransom and people would get it, the wealthy. But the poor would remain there for years. So this person, this uh, Claudio di Porticello, went around collecting alms in order to ransom back the poor in North Africa. And, he ran, and these are people who could not pay. And he ransomed 1,551 people, right, who were enslaved in North Africa in order to return home. This was in the year 1330. He spent 12 years collecting a ransom, right, collecting alms in order to free these people. 12 years. Right, this isn't a... This isn't a weekend of persisting, right? This isn't over a year of trying to persist in hardship, right? This was 12 years in order to create, to get the money together and make this pilgrimage to North Africa and to redeem these people who are in desperate need. I find this just a beautiful story. And right, the, way, the way it applies, and even to this story, right? That... And this is a story where the Bible uses us as being indebted, right? That one of the pictures of being a sinner is one of being indebted. And one of the stories that we have is, you know, that we're like debtors, right? And even Jesus said, hey, for, uh, he taught us to pray, was like, um, forgive us for our sins or forgive us our trespasses. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who are indebted to us or debtors to us, right? 
this is beautiful story of people who cannot pay their debt and in need of mercy and a redeemer coming along and freeing them. What makes Lent this beautiful season is one that we can reflect on our weakness, our own bro brokenness, our own frailty, our own indebtedness, right? Being aware of how great in need of mercy that we are. And why this Lenten season is such a, there's such great sign of hope when we read the story uh, um, from Jesus. The hope that is in the story is that the person who receives mercy is the sinner who recognized their need of it, who asked for it and received it because the thing that God is willing to give almost immediately is mercy. Mercy towards our brokenness, our sinfulness. God's disposition is to turn for this, to, to offer it open-handed. <laughs> What's so beautiful is that when we understand ourselves as objects of mercy, it tends to also breed compassion in our lives towards others. That then we would give mercy to others. Exactly why Jesus said, um, taught us to pray, God, forgive our sins, so then we would forgive, and also we forgive others who've sinned against us, right? So this is a beautiful story of this. So back to those questions. What does this teach us about God? What does this, what does this story Jesus teach you about God? What do you learn about God in this story? For me, it's that God is merciful to the lowly. He gives what they don't deserve. He gives what they don't earn. God is merciful. And what does it teach me about people? And for me, it's like for, that um, we don't want to see our need. Right? Well, if you're like me, I don't want to see my needs. I don't like the idea of being more and more and more needy. We'd rather not see it. And so sometimes it's so much easier to point out the needs of others. They're the needy ones. Thank goodness I'm not like them. Right? The question for me as a disciple of Jesus is how can I obey? And for me, my obedience looks like me not distracting myself from my neediness. Right, not trying to, uh, I am like the tax collector. God have mercy on me, a sinner. And coming to Jesus for mercy, knowing my need instead of trying to distract myself from it and receiving 
what I can't give myself. This is a story of good news. Do you see the good news in this? That when we come with our needs present to God, our needs of mercy, realizing our own brokenness, when we come before God, that he is quick for the lowly to meet them. So as I pause this morning, here's what I want to um, just give you a moment for God to say, what is God wanting to teach you this morning? What is the hope that God wants to speak over you? What's the gift of hope today? What does he want to say to you? And what's he inviting you in to believe and to trust? May he meet you. And so I'm just going to pause for 30 seconds and just invite just a chance for the Lord to speak and for you just to listen. To say, what does the Lord want to say to you this morning? So, Father, as we sit here right now, we listen. Come, Lord, speak to your disciples about what you would want to say to them this morning as we sit with Jesus. You guide us into truth. And so, Lord, would you speak? Your, your children are listening. As we paused, we'd really love if you got anything that you sense there is something to share, throw it in the chat for the God who speaks. One of our great promises is that we believe that God is speaking, right? And that on any given day, you would be able to share what God is saying to you. For me, as I am paused, I was just reflecting here in my house. I, I, uh, Carmel had a rough day of breathing yesterday. She's still resting. Harvest is having a hard morning. I have Alvin and the chipmunks on the TV and a boy eating cinnamon rolls, right? And <laughs> uh, that, that is it. But yet I feel like it's like I sense, I mean, just God's invitation to say, I've got your needs, right? I've got you. And I love from this story, I feel like God is saying to me, it's like, well, you are a deeply loved needy person, right? <laughs> a deeply loved sinner of God is my identity, right? But deeply loved. 
but in need, deep in need of God's mercy. How about you? What are you hearing? Jackie, I love that you're hearing from God, that God is telling you. He's going to be okay. Deeply love needy people. Thank God have mercy. I'm going to hand it over as we kind of close off this morning. I'm going to invite Dan and Sharon to, um, to just sort of uh, close us out with a benediction or a goodbye or whatever the Lord is, uh, is they're hearing from the Spirit this morning. So we've heard a wonderful word, a word of grace and mercy to each of us. Um, and uh, one of my favorite benedictions in going forth is, is the, the word that, uh, you know, go forth to love and serve the Lord. We've heard this word of grace. Now, what are we going to be like? Are we going to, I, I can't imagine the Pharisee being very compassionate when he went from that wonderful prayer that he said, you know, God, you know, I'm so wonderful. You're blessed to have me. Do you think he went and, and blessed others? I think he was so full of himself, he couldn't see anybody else. Uh, uh, he was just so full of himself. But the, the tax collector had known mercy. And Matthew was a tax collector, and he ended up writing the gospel, telling us about Jesus. And, and maybe that's one of the things that we can do. How can we take that mercy we've received and channel it to touch somebody else this week? Uh, to To... One of the things that I love about 12-step programs is that people in those programs realize how needy they are. And then they bring others in that, that we see, they see themselves as all on the same level. And that's basically what we are. You know, we're a sinner is, is a beggar who's telling another beggar where I found bread. There's, there's enough bread for all of us. If we, if we can come. And so when we've received that blessing, we can invite others. We can show God's mercy to one another. So we're going to take another moment just to think of and prepare ourselves. You know, how might God use us in this week ahead? Who is around us that might need a touch of mercy, a touch of compassion, uh, a word of kindness? God, help us to be sensitive to those around us, even as you were sensitive to us in our need. So church, go forth to love and serve the Lord. Amen. We're going to unmute you all, and those who want to stay, we can stay. Uh